I'm excited for what God's getting ready to do over this uh, next 21 days of fasting and prayer. Uh, for many of you, uh, or at least some of you, maybe you've never fasted before. Maybe you don't even understand uh, what fasting's all about and what it means and uh, what the Bible says about it. Um, or maybe you've read the Bible and you've seen it in there, but you've just not really understood how it applies to your life. Well, that's what we're going to do this morning. This is going to be a lot more teaching and instructing about fasting this morning, uh, because it is a, a spiritual practice that we really should be doing. Uh, if, if When you study scripture, it is something Jesus did, the disciples did, the apostles did, um, the, the, uh, the people of the Old Testament did it all the time. And if they're doing it, if Jesus is doing it, and we're trying to be like Jesus, and the disciples did it, the apostles did it, uh, maybe we should take some note here and be doing it ourselves, amen, because there's a reason to it. So if you've got your Bibles, if you would turn to Matthew chapter 6, verses 16 through 18 today, and if you got it, if you just stand to your feet, Matthew chapter 6, verse 16 through 18, and uh, I want to apologize, uh, last week we had a recording error uh, with our podcast stuff, if you listen to that at all through the week, or you know people that do. Um, we, it was my fault. I forgot to clear off the old, it, the old recordings and it got full. And as a result, it ran out of room. So it cut us short and we, all we had was just, uh, up until a certain point and it wasn't the full message. So that is my fault. And I apologize for that. Uh, but we have it fixed for this week, thankfully. Um, but again, Matthew chapter six, verse 16 through 18, looks like everybody's ready. I'm using the English standard version this morning. And Jesus says, And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces, that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret." And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. God, I pray today that as we talk about the spiritual discipline of fasting, God, that you would grow us and that you would expand us in our understanding of your word. That, God, we would take this practice to heart. And over this next 21 days, God, I pray that you would just meet with us and be with us through everything that we do. And that we would grow deeper in our faith and more intimate relationship with you. In your name we pray. Amen and amen. You may be seated this morning. Jesus starts out in this section of scripture here saying, and when you fast, not if you fast, not if you decide you feel like it's a good thing for you to do and fast, but he says, when you fast. In other words, implying that it is something we are doing and should be doing and that there are periods of time when we take and we, we push back the plate, we push back uh, social media and other things. I'll talk about the different kinds of fasting uh, here in a little bit, but uh, Jesus is not giving us this, this platform and, and this instruction of fasting as, an, as really an optional thing. It's something that really should be part of our spiritual discipline in our life. 
I know people that will do a, a monthly fast. Some people will take the first three days of every month and fast. Some people will pick one day a week. Uh, some people will do uh, a one really long fast a year. There was a church I saw last year, the first 100 days of the year, they did a fast. And then I've seen other churches do 40-day fasts as corporate bodies of Christ. And so I believe it is powerful. There, there's different times when, when the people of God have been called to corporate fasting um, throughout the Old Testament especially. And, and so with this, I, this is what we're doing. We're entering into a corporate fast, and we are understanding that this is a, a thing that Jesus has said we should be doing. It is a powerful, powerful thing that we do it. And I want, I want to highlight a couple of things in this scripture, too, before we get into the ways of fasting and the purposes of fasting. Uh, I want to talk about what fasting is not. Fasting is not a diet plan. I, I know I've seen people before, they'll, they'll push back the plate, they'll fasting food, and, and then they will spend every moment stepping on that scale to see how well they did as if the whole purpose of fasting was just to lose weight. Which, yes, that, that can happen and probably will happen if food is what you fast. But that is not the reason for it. If you decide to fast for a diet plan, weight loss plan, that is totally outside of what we're doing. Should you maybe check on yourself once in a while to make sure you're healthy and you're not losing too much, that probably would be a good idea, but I'm not a doctor. I also will tell you this before we go too far. Consult your doctor if, if you feel like there might be some health concerns if food is what you've decided to fast. But fasting is not this big public display of how holy we are either. Jesus says don't look all gloomy and, and downcast like the hypocrites do. Or in other words, the Pharisees. They, they would make sure it was well known to the people around them that they were fasting. Now, it is public information that we are corporately fasting as a church, but to the outside world, when you go to your jobs and you go into the grocery store and, and, and places like that, you, you shouldn't, it shouldn't be an obvious thing and you shouldn't be advertising, oh, I'm in a fast. The scripture instructs us you really should only make it known if, if absolutely necessary. If, if, if you're, uh, let's say you're at a birthday party or something of that nature and they're trying to give you birthday cake and you said no sweets for 21 days and they keep pushing it and pushing it, then it may be to say, listen, I appreciate it, but I, I'm on a fast right now and I can't partake. That's one thing. But to walk around, oh, I'm so hungry. I'm so desperate for food. I heard a guy talking the other day, and he, he, he wasn't a Christian or a believer, but he was fasting uh, as, as a health reason, as a, a dietary plan. And uh, I don't even remember the guy's name. It was just something I read somewhere where he was talking about he was at the store, and one of the employees was helping him. And he was so hungry that he said everything just went silent. And the thing that he thought was, if everybody looks away for a moment, I can eat this guy. That was, that was his thought. And he was talking about how hungry he was and how desperate he was for some food to the point where he was so hungry he was considering cannibalism. I thought it was a little bit funny. But that it, it goes in line with talking about uh, how desperate we are for food, how hungry we are, how much suffering we're going through in a fast. That's not for us to go around discussing. The scripture says that we do this in secret with our Father who is in secret. And he who sees in secret will reward us for it. 
when we go around uh, looking like we are down in the dumps and we aren't taking care of ourselves, Jesus says, when you fast, anoint your head, wash your face, clean yourself up, carry on about your day as normal for as much as you can, but, but don't make it public and don't talk about how good you are and how hard you're working at this fast. So what fasting is not, it is not a prideful thing. Because that's all you're doing, is you're fasting to build your pride when you approach it that way. Fasting really is more of an act of humility than anything. And before I get too ahead of myself, I want us as a church to understand going into this, yes, we all know that as a church we are entering into a corporate fast. But what you decide to fast is between you and God. Like we discussed with the Oreos and all that earlier, that was really more just us having fun and laughing about it a little bit. But I do kind of think he should fast his Oreos. But, uh, and he really doesn't have anybody on his side on that. But uh, it, it should be in some way, shape, or form sacrificial. If you, if you are saying, uh, I'm going to fast... I'm going to fast milk, but you don't even drink milk to begin with. That's not a fast. If you, if you say, I'm going to fast Brussels, fast Brussels sprouts, and you don't even like Brussels sprouts and don't even eat them, that's not a fast. Fasting is giving up something that has some kind of leverage and control in your life that takes enough of our focus and takes enough of our time and pulls us away from God in some way, shape, or form. A fasting food is, is, is what I'm going to get into here in just a moment. About, I'm, I've got a little bit ahead of myself. Fasting food is about emptying yourself of fleshly things and fleshly satisfactions. So that you can make more room for the Spirit of God to move and grow in your life. I I, I personally, I I wish I could say I was better at fasting than I am. There have been times where I have picked a day of the month and fasted. And I've done a couple days at a time. But uh, if I'm going to be honest with you, I wish I was somebody who who was better at it and did it more often. And that's something I'm going to work on. But I've been looking forward to this 21 days for us because as we empty ourselves of fleshly desires and, and things that we've come so fond of and rely on so heavily, I believe God's going to fill us with this spirit. One of the reasons we fast, and this is according to Scripture, uh, for strengthened prayers. For strengthened prayers. In Ezra chapter 8, verse 23, this is what it says. It says, So we fasted and implored our God for this. And he listened to our entreaty. Now, fasting does not in and of itself make the prayer any more holy necessarily. It, it doesn't make God listen to us better in any way, shape, or form. But what it does is it opens us up in a way to where our focus is not on social media. Our focus is not on lunchtime. Our focus is not on our breakfast or what we're going to eat or this or that or whatever it is. But our focus is now undivided and fully devoted to God. 
So in our prayer time, I've I've seen it, and I've been guilty of this before in my life, where I'm praying, and next thing you know, I'm praying, and and I'm starting to wander and think about other things that I have to get done. Or I'm thinking about, oh, i got to go do this or go do that. And, And what fasting does is it removes distractions in our life. And it opens our mind and heightens our senses to be, to be more aware and receptive to what God is saying and doing. And so with this, it doesn't just, uh, it, it's not that the, the fasting is magical and makes our prayer stronger, but it heightens our intensity of prayer. And it, and it drives us to dig deeper in our prayer. Fasting also is to seek God's guidance. Now, fasting does not change God's mind about things. But what it does is, like I just said, it opens us up and it makes us more receptive to what God is doing and saying. And so when we are not worried about our food, we're not, we're not worried about social media and scrolling, and we're not having a life full of distraction, all of a sudden we can hear him better and more clearly. It's not that his answers change, it's that now we are more receptive and we're actually listening to what he's telling us. So we have guidance that we received that probably was there all along, but we were so uh, concerned and full of other things that we were not hearing him properly. So fasting will open us up to hearing what God wants and desires in our life. And I believe that through this fasting time, we are going to find guidance uh, in, in our life individually and for this church as a whole as what God would have us do through the rest of the year. God's already been speaking to me. But it's interesting, uh, when you look at the medical science behind fasting, uh, it's actually proven that when you fast food, there are toxins that are drained from your body. And your body clings to the good nutrients it's like your body goes into this mode where it says, oh no, I'm not getting food, so I better purge the junk and just really hang on to all the good stuff. I find it interesting, and I've said this before, that I really believe a lot of what happens in the physical uh, often mirrors what God does in the spiritual. And so I find it interesting that it, when we fast, that's what happens in the physical, but it also happens in the spiritual. Especially if we are social media addicts or uh, TV addicts or CNN or Fox News addicts, whatever, whatever your slice of cake is that you like there, whatever, you, whatever it is, there are toxins that enter your body through that. And when you fast it, those toxins leave. And what happens is, is your body and your spirit now are clinging to the good stuff, the good news, the good, the good reports. Because what happens is not just when we fast do we give something up, but we replace what we've given up with what God is doing, with what God is saying, with his word, and with prayer. So now you're not spending three hours a day watching TV or scrolling through social media. You're spending three hours a day praying and spending time in his word. So now you've gotten rid of the toxins of social media and television and and the news and all of those things, and now you're filling yourself with the truth and goodness of his word. And so what your body is doing and your spirit is doing is it's saying, all right, we're getting rid of the toxins and we're holding on to what is good. 
It's very interesting how all this works together. And I would tell you, if nothing else, if no other benefit comes from fasting, you will find your spirit full of more joy and more peace, especially if you're giving up social media and things of that nature. Because when you turn on the page or the TV and you flip through the pages of Facebook and I'll tell you what, there is a lot of toxic material that comes through those screens. There are shows that many people in the church watch, and I mean capital C church, that probably shouldn't be watched. Things we support that we don't even realize we support because we've become so uh, desensitized through culture. But I find it interesting that when you fast certain things and you replace it with the word of God, all of a sudden, those things actually start losing their value in your life. And all of a sudden, you don't miss it anymore because you found something better. And I wonder if some of us need that in our life. And what I mean is, is we spend so much time desensitizing ourselves to what God is moving, doing, and saying in our life because of all the other stuff that we filled our life with. And we're missing out on what he's saying. And I wonder how much of that is really pouring toxic stuff into our brain. And I wonder uh, if how many of us are just trying to numb our minds from the stress. I, I hear people, I, I'm going to flip on the TV and just zone out for a little bit and relax and forget about the stress of the day. I, and all you're, you're not really solving anything when you do that. You're just forgetting about it and pushing it to the back. But I wonder how many of us would benefit in our mental health, in our sanity, by this fasting turning into a regular practice. That instead of relaxing for the day by watching TV, we open the word of God and go to prayer. See, it takes, it takes approximately 21 days to build a new habit. So the other benefit and the other reason of fasting is it's to build new spiritual discipline. You see, many of us get so caught up in the, our way of life and the way we do things that we, we are missing out on the benefits of being fully devoted to God. The Bible says in Second uh, Chronicles chapter 16, I believe it is, God says, the, the Bible says, that God's eyes search to and fro throughout the whole world to make himself strong for those who are fully devoted to him. To make himself strong for those who are fully devoted to him. Listen, if you need God to be strong for you in your life, get fully devoted to him. And the, one of the best ways to start that journey is through fasting. It's to give up those things that keep you from being fully devoted from, to him. I believe that Second Chronicles 16, I believe it's verse 9. I just read it just the other night in just my normal reading. The other reason we may fast is for a season of repentance. We've, you see that throughout the Old Testament. Uh, probably one of the um, 
most notable, at least in my opinion, would be found in Jonah chapter 3. I'm not going to read it for you, but Jonah finds himself in a little bit of trouble, in a fishy situation, if you will. He's been disobedient to God, finds himself swallowed by a large fish, and during his time there, he enters into a season of repentance through fasting and prayer. Sometimes we need to symbolically push the plate back, push the social media back, in order to say, God, I'm sorry for giving into my flesh. Lord, I'm dying to my flesh. It's symbolic of dying to your flesh, saying, I, I get rid of this. This is no good for me, and I realize that. And, and, and although I already messed this up over here, symbolically I'm saying, Lord, help me to die to my flesh. I, I'm, I'm re- hitting the reset. I'm coming back to you. I'm getting my heart realigned with you, and, I, and I'm moving forward from here. For some of us, we need a season of repentance. Listen, repentance isn't just like the thing you do when you get saved that one time. As believers, we should live a life where we repent regularly. Because as far as I know, nobody in here is perfect. I know I'm not perfect. And there are times where I find myself having to say, Lord, I'm sorry, I didn't mean for that to be said or thought or done. And I need, I need your forgiveness and I need you to help me move forward better. If we're going to be honest, many of us should be doing that, but we don't. Repentance is part of our faith. Like I mentioned earlier, fasting is also an act of humility. But it's only an act of humility when, like I said at the beginning, when you're doing it in secret. You're basically saying, Lord, the only thing I want is you. All these other things I'm putting aside. Fill me with you. I give myself to you. I humble myself to you. I'm yours. Take me, mold me, shape me. Do whatever you want in my life. I humble myself and surrender myself to you during this time. Many of us Many of us, myself included, need to be humble from time to time. You see, it's, it's interesting what happens to your life when you fall down before God in humility. The blessings that come when you just say, God, have your way. Enough of what I want, enough of what I'm doing, let it be all you all the time. Humility is powerful, and fasting is one way to express that. One of the other reasons we may fast is to strengthen our self-control and to gain discipline over the flesh. Excuse me. 1 Corinthians 9.27 says this. Paul writes, he says, But I discipline my body and keep it under control lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. The practice of fasting is denying your flesh of what it wants. My flesh wants to eat. It wants to eat a lot, and it wants to eat often. And I, and I wish that wasn't true, but it is true. 
But when we begin to deny our flesh of those things, there's something that happens spiritually where our spirit is strengthened through the denial of our flesh. And if you can deny your flesh of the minor things like food and social media and those things, it becomes so much easier to deny your flesh in giving in to sin. It becomes so much easier to be disciplined in other areas of your life. There's actually medical science that backs this up, that there is a sense of accomplishment that comes through its time of fasting that does something in your brain chemically that boosts your, your, your dopamine levels and, and like your ability to be motivated and do things. And, it, and again, it also builds habits to where now you have a discipline that you have established in your life through this season. Sin loses hold on you when you can, if you can say no to the plate, to the phone, to the TV, and say yes to God, in the physical, it becomes so much easier to do that in the spiritual. So much easier to do that in the spiritual. Because you're telling your flesh no, and you're telling God yes. And the Bible tells us in Galatians that the spirit and the flesh are always at war with each other. And so when we go into a season of fasting, what we're doing is we're, we're basically preparing for warfare. And I just talked about the armor of God just the other day, last week. And when we do this, we are getting ready to go into battle. There was times in the Old Testament where they would fast leading up to a battle. And they were preparing themselves for warfare. And that's what we need to do in our lives. We are strengthening ourselves in the Spirit. All of this, all this fasting, there, there are some other reasons to fast. Those are the major reasons to fast. All of this, notice I didn't, not one of these reasons was, I'm fasting so God will give me a bigger house. I'm fasting so God will give me this or give me that. All of this, this whole fasting thing, is ultimately leading to greater and deeper intimacy with God. There is a byproduct of a deep, intimate relationship with God that brings blessings in the physical world. There, there, is, a, there is blessings of maybe God will give you that, that house. Maybe God will give you that new car. Maybe God will... Uh, Heal, heal you or a family member, all of those things. But it is a byproduct. It's not the goal. The goal is him and him alone. But there is a byproduct that is attached to a deep relationship and intimacy with God. And how it works is you begin to walk in obedience to God because you are now hearing his voice. You are now feeling his spirit move in your life. You are aware of him and what he's doing, and you walk and live in obedience accordingly. And I've said it a hundred times, and I'll say it again. On the other side of your obedience is a blessing. When we obey God, there are blessings attached to that. And sometimes that blessing is like when you tell a child, don't touch the hot stove, and they don't touch the hot stove, they listen to you for once. The blessing is that they didn't get burned. It's not like, hey, all right, you didn't touch the stove. Let's go buy a new toy. 
It's you didn't get burned. Like we talk about in Malachi chapter 3, he rebukes the devourer. It's not that there's always increase. Sometimes it's that you're protected from decrease. But those are byproducts of deeper intimacy with God. Matthew chapter 4, famously, Jesus fasts for 40 days. And he's he's in the desert. Satan comes to tempt him. I will tell you this, some of the greatest temptations in your life will come through this fasting season. It usually comes at the end, in my experience. You come to the end of it, and all of a sudden, those things that you had given up, you're tempted to indulge in them more than you did before you fasted them. Sometimes your relationship with God gets put on trial through different scenarios in life. Sometimes it's a test of the intimacy. Sometimes it's just life. I've said this a hundred times, not everything that happens to you is because God's mad at you or you did something wrong or, or, what, or you're under a spiritual warfare. Sometimes life just happens. And, there's, and it's not spiritual. But I do believe that through a season of fasting, through a season of hunger, there's temptation to satisfy that hunger. And if you do not fill it, With spiritual bread, it becomes a problem. Jesus was tempted by Satan. Satan says, you're hungry, aren't you? I'm paraphrasing, giving you the Brandon Scott version, the BSV. Says, you're you're hungry, aren't you? Why don't you turn those stones into bread? And Jesus looks at him and says, it is written, man does not live on bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Listen, when we fast, we are living that scripture. We're saying, I need more than just physical bread to live. I need intimacy with the bread of life. And so that's what we're doing. The different types of fasting that are out there, there's a total fast, which it is all food altogether, like gone. I don't know personally, there probably has been, I don't know of anybody other than Jesus that did a total fast that I, I can recall. That, that's a huge sacrifice. I have known people who have done all food and only liquid. I do know people who have done that. I myself have done that. Not for 21 days, but I did it for a few days. That is one option. There's partial fasts, which is giving up certain foods. I know people that, uh, for medical reasons and whatever, they, they still have to eat something. So they may give up, all right, no more sweets, no more certain types of food. They may, they may be a pizza addict. I know somebody who ate pizza four times in five days. 
um, that person may need to give up some pizza. Y'all don't know him. He's a friend of mine. But there are certain things that you give up in a, in a partial fast, usually food. Uh, there's also, with a partial fast, certain meals. So you may say, I'm going to fast breakfast and lunch. Or I'm just going to fast dinner. Or I'm just going to fast breakfast. You give up a meal for the day, and you replace that meal with the bread of life. You replace the physical bread with spiritual bread. That's very important. Otherwise, you're just dieting. If you do not replace what you're fasting with the word of God and with prayer and with worship and time with him, all you're doing is dieting. There are uh, other types of fasting. Uh, You don't see them in the Bible because, well, in the Bible they didn't have social media. They didn't have TV. They didn't have those types of things to even be able to give up. Some people give up social media. Uh, Really, I think we could all benefit from giving up social media if we're on it. I've never turned it off and I never stopped scrolling and been like, man, that was a great use of time. I've never felt that way. Some of us maybe need to turn off the TV for a little while. Maybe a certain show that you love to watch. Maybe just in general, you need to say, I, will, I spend my entire evening watching TV and that's all I do. Maybe you need to turn it off and spend that time with God. There's, there's a variety of fasts. Uh, there's other things you could fast. Those are usually the main things. Some people do caffeine fasts. They have a caffeine addiction. They're coffee addicts. I used to be one. I was a pot and a half a day drinker. I'm like a cup a day now. I'm very proud of that. The, some of you are pretty impressed with a pot and a half a day. I can see it on your faces. The, the, there's, there's different things you can do. If you're going to do food, I, I will tell you this. Please, like, if you have medical reasons that you need to eat, talk to your doctor about it first. All right? Like, give him a call tomorrow and just say, hey, I'm thinking about doing this. Is this okay? Yeah, I I don't want you to be totally physically harmed because of something I've told you we should be doing or really God says we should be doing. And I don't think he wants you to be harmed through it either. But I have known a couple of people that have fasted and have had physical ailments heal up because they gave up food or certain foods. And as it had turned out, the foods that they were eating were causing problems in their life. Just like when we give up social media or TV and we start finding more joy and peace, we're not so anxious and depressed. It's because those things were taking value from us, taking our peace and our joy. And we replaced it with something holy and of God. There's combinations of fasts. There's different types of fasts. But I encourage you, if you haven't already, we're starting tomorrow. So you have all day to eat and drink and do whatever you want. You want to drink all your Mountain Dews and whatever tonight, do it. You want to drink your Pepsi and your Dr. Pepper and 
get that, get rid of it. You better purge it all out. If you need to eat six packs of Oreos, because you need to, you need to do that tonight. Get it done. Get it out of there. Whatever you got to do. If you just need to take stuff and just throw it away, you can do that too. Whatever you got to do to make this happen, you have tonight, tomorrow morning, is when we kick this thing off. I encourage you to participate. I really, truly believe that God is going to bless you as an individual. He's going to bless us as a church. And it's not because we're fasting to get something, any, anything from God other than a deeper relationship with him. So my, my, my hope is that you all will join in and participate in some way, shape, or form. But remember these few things. Do it in secret. It's not to be advertised or talked. Even amongst us, we all know we're fasting. We're in a corporate fast. It's for us to know and God to know. Also, replace it. Replace whatever you're fasting with the things of God. His word, his, your prayers, time of worship, time with him. Otherwise, it's just a diet. With all that being said, would you please stand with me, bow your heads and close your eyes. I want to close us out in prayer.